0: Button don't work.
1: Button don't work. What's up, everybody? It is Tuesday night, and welcome back to the 20th edition of the Orion Podcast. I am
0: Chad Brock. And I am Zach Bailey. I'm out of order again. I did it again.
1: Just for you. Ah, man. Back at episode 20. we Have we arrived yet? I
0: I don't know. Nah, I don't know. We're
1: getting there. We're getting there. We're starting to stack up. We're in the 20s now. I mean, we're almost of drinking age. <laughs> more episodes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're getting there. Oh, yeah, man. we're getting there. Wonky weather. You're coming home to hunt. I'm going to fish a tournament. It's yeah. going to be a good weekend, man. As long as yeah, we
0: don't I screw was, it up. One of the guys I was talking to today will eventually have him on here. And with hunting season going on, it's tough right now because everybody's schedules are so, you know, oh. odd and jam-packed. But he's uh he's getting ahead right to, to Iowa to hunt, which for those that don't know, that's like dreamland for whitetails. And it's eighty-one degrees on November first. And he's like, What is going on? Yeah, it's man, it's been
1: crazy. It's like we had snow, and it's been pretty much seventy and eighty. Yeah, you guys had
0: you guys had enough snow; to accumulate it accumulated about three or four days before I came home last time to hunt, and nope. then I show up, and that night it's like sixty three degrees for the next four or five days that I've got to hunt. I'm like, well, this was a waste.
1: And that's pretty much how it's been all fall, you know. It took the leaves a while to fall off and then the water hasn't really, I mean, usually right now you would be in the lower fifties into the water, but I think Saturday when I was out doing a little snooping around the lake, it was like 60 degrees still. So, Jeez. you know, yeah, it's, it's getting there. It's just taking a while, but, uh, you know, to spring, to fall in Indiana is it yeah. spring or is it fall? That that's actually the way it should be. We don't know. Yeah. So, sorry, no coolers in the background. We donated them to a wedding this weekend, and they haven't been returned yet, but (laughs) I got got my dog.
0: You got a new mascot. My new
1: mascot. Christmas lights on it. I mean, (laughs) got to have Christmas. Is it too early? No. Halloween's over. Christmas is here. All right. I mean, I seen a lot of reels today where people were getting out there lights already.
0: My, so. Well, my four-year-old was asking me Saturday if I was going to put up the Christmas tree. And I was like, why don't we wait till after Halloween's over? And then I'm all for having a tree in the house, so... <laughs>
1: well, let us know in the comments. Should the tree go up before or after Thanksgiving? Drop it in the comments. We want to know. We'll read those answers towards the end of the show. Um, tonight's guest is... uh He is a Former whitewater kayaker. He's he's a fishing guide. He is a man all about good wines. Welcome, one, Mr. Mike Blatt.
0: <laughs>
1: I threw in a couple extra because I missed it in the intro. Yeah.
2: Appreciate it, Chad.
1: Hey, Mike, how are you tonight, man?
2: I'm doing all right. I'm uh, solo parenting this week. Well. Let's see through next week, yeah my uh, my wife took a trip over uh let's see if you drill a hole right under my feet all the way through the planet, that's where she is oh wow. she, uh, wow. she's she's in Korea this week, so uh, yeah
1: so well, let's jump into this thing, man. <laughs> so we always ask on the Orion podcast the first question out of the gate is. We like to hear from our guests and kind of start the story off with how did you get interested in the outdoors? What what brought you to the great to the great open?
2: Wow. Um, There was a there was a myriad of things. Uh, I grew up in New Orleans, Louisiana, where, uh, you know, you guys are talking about these these seasons. Uh, New Orleans is famous for having one day of fall, one day of winter and one day of spring. And the rest, of summer. <laughs> um, you I know, if, if, you get, if you're lucky enough to get out into, uh, you know, the coastal lands and, and go fishing out by the oil rigs, you know, you might get a little more breeze out there. But uh, my my parents both worked very hard. Uh, they were both physicians uh, when I grew up as a kid. And we used to take our family vacations out to the backwoods of North Carolina and North Georgia and uh i think it was it was catfishing back in those illegal ponds in the back of the golf course at callaway gardens uh where the first time we saw 40 40 pound catfish um and then it was mountain biking and horseback riding uh with my mom my dad my brothers in western north carolina where we eventually moved to uh when i was about 14 or 15 years old uh my parents Sent my brothers and I to a summer camp in Hendersonville, North Carolina, and then they moved us from New Orleans to Waynesville, North Carolina, which is about uh, 40 miles west of 40 minutes, 20 miles west of Asheville. And uh, we all got bikes, and we all got kayaks, and we just became that outdoor family, and we just we we did it all.
1: There you go. So. What part led you to whitewater kayaking? How did you get there?
2: Um, There was a kid in my cabin in summer camp when I was 14. Uh, I went to Falling Creek Camp in Tuxedo, North Carolina, who was a sponsored kayaker. This is 1996. And uh, I believe he paddled a dagger RPM. And the cool trick back then was uh, a stern squirt where you just Mm -hmm. put the tail of your boat in the water and you, the nose of your boat sticking up in the air. And it was was the coolest thing. Learn how to roll a kayak. I think my brothers just started kayaking um, right then and there. And then my mom and my dad both got kayaks at uh, Nanahala outdoor center, the the big fall festival, um, the guest appreciation festival that year. And then it, we always went whitewater rafting, around western north carolina and we just decided as a family to take the very next step which was logical you know how can this go wrong uh if you want to hear a funny story later we'll 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 get to my parents whitewater kayaking (laughs) we're all about that we've we've got
1: nothing but time
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh if they're watching all right so dad i'm sorry if i butchered this story because this this is mostly his account but uh when you're whitewater kayaking when you're learning in a, in a lake, you learn how to roll. And when you're being spotted by somebody, you can do something called a Eskimo rescue uh, for an Eskimo roll. So you turn upside down. And if for some reason you miss that roll, you put your hands on the bottom of the boat mm-hmm. and your partner comes up to you and nudges your boat. And so you're doing this on the side of the boat upside down and you can feel their boat. So My parents, both brilliant physicians, right? Like smartest people I know, uh, besides my wife. I hope she's watching. Uh, (laughs) My dad goes under, misses his role. My mom nudges her boat onto his boat. Well, he's thinking in his head, she's on this side. When in fact, she's on that side because he's upside down. So he didn't put this together. And uh, all he can think about is, I think I just redid that life insurance policy is that really going to happen right now (laughs) this can't be it and so you know of course you 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 pop your skirt you do a wet exit and and he comes up yelling like where were you where were you and this is one of our favorite stories to tell around new friends new family um you know because they're they're so honest about that and uh i'm just i'm glad i wasn't there because i i just would have been like you know dad mom is right again you're you you were on the wrong side.
0: <laughs> so
2: after that, none of us volunteered to go work with them on their role in the lake. Well,
1: I could see that. I could see that. <laughs> so that's got to be. I mean, so you're in the Northeast now, uh, coming from New Orleans and the Carolinas and stuff like that, where it's been warm. And I, I mean, I know we've talked about ice fishing a little bit, but man. How'd you get acclimated to that?
2: Um, So when we weren't traveling uh, mountain biking and whitewater rafting or kayaking, uh, when we lived in New Orleans, you heard of this holiday that called Mardi Gras.
1: Just a little bit. Kind of a
2: big thing. Uh, I have been to Mardi Gras on Mardi Gras Day twice in my life. Once I was dressed as a Ninja Turtle. Um, My brothers, my dad... He was, my dad was Michelangelo. I was Leonardo. Um, my mother dressed up like April O'Neil. And then another year we dressed up like cats. We were obsessed with the musical at that time. Every other time we would actually fly out. My parents found Park City, Utah in like 1989. This okay. is back when lift tickets were 29 bucks. And so we started skiing out West. And um that's just what happened? So I thought Deer Valley ski instructors were the coolest thing, right? You know, I, I had a ski instructor when I was a kid, moved to Western Carolina. There's a little ski area near our house called Catalucci Ski Area. Um, I start teaching snowboarding and then eventually start teaching skiing. And then after um, I went to school at Appalachian State, taught at the Little Mountains there. Um, and then I had a month long winter break, full month that that I didn't have anything committed between my last two senior semesters. And I called up the hiring manager at Deer Valley and I said, Hey, can I come work there for like a month? So I did. And it snowed three out of four weeks. I called my dad, told him that I wasn't going back to school. Uh, So I took a seven year winter break. Uh, during ski seasons, I spent time at the Yakoe River uh, and, and paddling all over the world, Australia, um, Central Europe, um, and other places like that. Basically, anybody who invited me to come visit them in another country, I went to go visit. And I got acclimated to the Utah winters, which uh, was, was a good stepping stone. The first time I got new boots when we moved to New England three years ago, uh, I said, you know, I I don't need the heated liners. Don't, don't worry about that. And they said, where are you from boy? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that man, that first winter, that first cold day, this is a new kind of cold. I I, I thought I was ready for it and I I got a little better. And then last year I started ice fishing and that was an entirely new planet for me. Um, but you know, like you said earlier, Zach, you know <laughs> the weather's really not doing what it sh- should be doing right now. Um, yeah. I went fishing today. The water was fifty-five degrees. The air wow. was sixty-five, and luckily the trout were not scared. I just started trout fishing last week, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> maybe last week, um, and uh, I just thought I was bad at trout fishing, but it's actually the weather. So right now right. we're cruising. You know, it's a really beautiful fall. Uh, we lost our leaves a couple weeks ago, but uh, I'm, I'm enjoying this. You know, when people say, what's the weather going to be like if we go fishing next week? You know, the end of October. And I say it's it's a high of 80, low of 20 chance of rain, sleet or snow. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. is New England.
1: Yeah. And, and man, the cold is I remember the first time I stepped off a plane in Connecticut um, in Hartford and it was cold, and it was snowing, and it was winter. It's just different. It is a it is a very different kind of cold up there. And, I, you know, there's not a lot of moisture in it. It's just cold. It's just the only way to describe it. <laughs> of course, people in the Antarctica and Alaska are going, yeah, come yeah. Up here.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But uh, so talking about guiding and, I mean, you've done all these amazing things. How in the world did you make it to fishing guide from those different activities?
2: That's Um, that's wild, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I guess, I don't know if I could blame or thank COVID um, or, or lockdown. Uh, You know, we moved to white river junction, Vermont. Uh, My wife, my daughter, and I, uh, she just graduated uh, from getting her MBA at Dartmouth uh, last summer. And we moved here from, oh, and we'll get to the nine-year career in the wine industry later, uh, (laughs) Chad, but San Diego um, for nine years, which has no weather. Um, (laughs) So we moved here three years ago. My wife just graduated, got her MBA, and... The running joke was, uh, you know, when she called me to tell me she wanted to move up here, I said, well, let me Google this. I, I, I didn't know where Dartmouth was. I, I didn't know all where right. she was. And so she said she wants to move here and go to school. And all of a sudden, I see that there are seven of the best ski areas in the United States within a 90-minute drive of where she wants to go to school. And so I said, all right, well, I've been on a nine-year, nine-year hiatus. I can, I can teach skiing again. Why not? So... The running joke was Mike wanted to teach skiing again, so Sarah gets into this Ivy League MBA program, <laughs> and it's uh, exactly what I did. I, t- I taught very part time um, at Stratton Mountain in Vermont, and uh, they have a great kids program. So my 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 daughter went to the kids program while I was teaching skiing, and then COVID hit. And we had this extra time in the spring and then bleeding in the summer of 2020. And we live right next to the Connecticut River, which divides Vermont, and New Hampshire, right in the Mm -hmm. central parts of the state. And it's this beautiful flat section of river. It's dam controlled, rarely runs above 5000 CFS. Uh, But it's I mean, it's it's a it's a lake. Basically, it's a moving lake. Um, and we all decided, you know what, let's get kayaks. There's an Island over here. There's, we can camp, we can, uh, you know, build a fire. And so started looking at kayaks and I said, oh, you'll just need to sit on top kayak. And I said, but I'm going to get a whitewater boat. I'm going to, I'm going to get a sprint boat so I can, you know, take advantage of this flat water river and right. maybe get back into whitewater kayaking. So I got this big, long green race boat and started paddling it. And then one day after fishing from shore with my daughter for the umpteenth time we had a lot of fun catching fish uh the disney themed frozen elsa rod is still the favorite of the family it it still works um i took my wife's kayak paddled across the river and in two hours caught 20 fish and i said okay this this is a thing so i googled kayak fishing and whew, uh, that was that was a can of worms, um, and then realized this is this is almost as expensive as skiing and whitewater kayaking combined. Absolutely. So one day my wife says, "You just, just try to find a different way to pay for this." You know, you've been teaching skiing for so long. You're a great teacher. You teach people how to fish, and. You guys are looking at what uh, my last name is Blatt, B L A T T, and we call this gear shack or the garage the Black Cave. So TBC Guide Services was born, the Black Cave. Now, I like it. if my wife is watching, yes, I know it's November. This will be <laughs> up for your car before the first snow, <laughs> per our agreement. Um, but I get this during the summer. And so I, I started taking a couple people fishing. Uh, I really started, I started in like August or September of 2020, which is not a good time to start in New England fishing. Uh, no, it, it's I can started. imagine that. So 2021 was when I first, you know, filled out all the right paperwork to start the company and quickly got on Google's search engine and people started finding me. And nice. started fishing with people who wanted to kayak and see the sites, but then maybe a significant other and wanted to fish at the same time. Lots of couples on these trips. It's been great. And um, yeah, just literally fell into this. Didn't really think it was going to become my life uh, until it actually became my life. And it was, it was all meeting those people. It's, it, it's your guests. You know those first few great guests that you get when you yeah. see someone get hooked on a sport that you have recently fallen in love with, or, or, or that you share the same passion. You want that feeling again, and you want to be able to do that for someone else over and over again.
1: Yeah, because you still got—you're not like some of these old gritty guys that are like. Eh, eh, eh. <laughs> you you've still got the excitement and the passion. Yeah. It's still really fresh for you. I'm, so I'm, I'm I'm
2: still young. Give me give me a <laughs> few years. <laughs> you're, yeah, not a old and cr-
1: you're not old and crusty yet.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, did
1: you, the doc talk we did with Jim Salmons? I don't know if you got to listen to. Any oh, of that. I watched I it.
2: Know. Oh yeah. yeah, that
1: was a uh, that was a yeah. good one.
2: But uh, <laughs> you you get stories. You know, it's. And you hold on to those stories for years. He's going to be telling those till he's 80.
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine. I've never, we've probably never, Zach and I have probably never guided anybody outside of our close friends. We've all had that one buddy that says, I want to go take me and show me. And then you take them and you show them. And next thing you know, they're off to the Heck. races. And. Um, mm-hmm kind of how and, and then they're here.
2: then they're taking your stand they're taking your fishing spot yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, well that's rule number one is you only go here when i'm here <laughs>
1: yeah yeah we've kind of got those we've got a good set of ground rules established on our end but
0: uh, you learn that hunting out west real quick when you go with a couple people and they've got their public land spots uh <laughs> yeah that's only a you're only here when i'm here sort of thing <laughs> So guiding and all that stuff,
1: what are you primarily fishing for? What are you, what are you doing out there?
2: So my initial plan was to hop on the Connecticut river and uh, show people that there are walleye up here. Cause uh, I went on this fishing trip with some friends uh, when I was in San Diego, we flew to Winnipeg and we took a float plane, landed at this, this lodge in the middle of nowhere, and my first cast, first five minutes, and I hook into a 35, 36-inch huge walleye. Like, they they, they see it once a year. They named it. I don't remember the name of it. And it, it always stuck in the back of my head. So, walleye was kind of the thing. And then I uh, started catching pike on the Connecticut River. And um, then I realized that you needed to be a licensed New Hampshire guide even though I lived in Vermont, it divided New Hampshire and Vermont. You have to be, it's owned by New Hampshire. Unless you catch a fish in less than 18 or 12 inches of water on the Vermont side. If you don't have a Vermont fishing license, that is an illegal fish if you keep it. So just it's uh yeah, cra- crazy laws on these border waters. So I'm actually on my third step becoming a New Hampshire licensed fishing guide, um, took the written exam, took the map and compass exam. And uh, after this whole story, let me tell you about my practical, about my uh, rescue scenario. Um, but it, it just kind of, it, it bled into finding out what else is there. I did the responsible thing. I said, you know what? I'm going to do what I did when I was a Creek boater. The number one rule when you're Creek boating is you always go kayaking with somebody better than you, uh, right. whether it's creaking or river running, you know, it's they they are going to save your life if you are in need of it. So I hired a guide um, and my dad was here. I think my uncle was here and we went fishing for bass and it's the biggest largemouth bass I've ever caught. And these were small to this fishing guy. Right. And so I learned some of these other waters in Vermont and I start take people, taking people fishing for bass. So it was uh, mastered drop shotting on deep water, you know, 20 feet deep and just hooking into some huge fish and they're catching Three, four, five-pound smallmouth bass, largemouth bass from a kayak and actually getting pulled on on a lake. It's it, it right. was amazing to watch their face do this. And my daughter, I, I can't fish with my daughter anymore. Um, I, I barely get a line in the water, and she's on her third fish. And she loves smallmouth bass. Um, she uses uh, Trait Zaldane makes this uh, fishing rod with eagle claw. They sell it at Walmart. It's amazing, but it's made for women. It's purple and gold, and uh, she has two of them, and uh, that's her fishing rod. And it's it's so much fun. When I'm not finding fish, I take my daughter Grace, and I say, Grace, just cast where you think you should, and, and evidently she she finds the fish. So <laughs> it started with bass lots of large mouth, lots of small mouth. And then I uh, get a lot of people that come up here. Um, I'm listed with Airbnb experiences. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of international travelers and these folks do not understand the catch and release thing. Uh,
1: I can see They that.
2: say, yeah. I want to go fishing for something I can eat. Yep. And so we go target large bluegill, right. large yellow perch. And it's a different style of fishing. And it's, it's been really fun. Learning how to fish for those fish in certain bodies of water. Um, just to caveat this, if you do come fishing with me, you want to take fish home and fillet them and eat them. I don't fillet your fish. So <laughs> don't ask me to teach you how or you know, I'm going to send you a video is what I'm going to do. I'm going I'm to send you to YouTube. I'm going to send you here. Um, but my wife doesn't like scales in her sink. So I don't fillet a lot of my own fish. I will have a fillet table in our backyard at some point. But the great thing about her traveling, especially for work, is she doesn't know when fish are getting filleted at her house (laughs) until she finds that scale. There's always one scale, which is why I started trap fishing, because the scales don't get rubbed off nearly as much or at all. So, yes, target species, freshwater, um, largemouth bass smallmouth bass, yellow perch and bluegill and the pike pike is pike are elusive, but during ice fishing season, that is the best time to get pike. And, um, it's been really fun to learn how those big guys eat.
1: Now, how are you staying up with, I think Zach and I would both be very interested. How are you staying up with different bodies of water and the different fish Yeah, all the same. I mean, that's got to be a heck of a lot of work.
2: Yeah. Uh, You have to fish. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, my daughter gets on the bus at 710 in the morning. I am usually out the door by eight o'clock and I'm going to check out a new body of water, uh, whether it's on the ice or it's moving water no matter the time of year, uh, when someone comes fishing with me, I I need to say, oh, I caught this many fish at, well, I don't tell them I caught this many fish at this time last week because if they don't catch that many fish at that spot, you know, but but I know where they are.
0: Right. Um,
2: it's constantly going out to find new lakes. Um, and honestly, it's, it's the sonar, it's the fish finders. Uh, I'm not using those to find the fish. I'm using them to look at the temperature of the water and how deep it is. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm trying to remember the contours of the bottoms of these. And these these are small lakes. You know, this this is not like the South. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the biggest lake I fish right now is 740 acres. And it has some rises and some falls and it gets to 40 feet deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, some spots, it's maybe 50. Now, the river, hopefully in the spring after I've passed my final New Hampshire exam, uh, completely different. 90 feet behind an island in the middle of the river, two feet deep in front of that island. And uh, you just have to fish it. That's that's the thing. And so in the morning, when my wife says, where are you going today? I said, I'm going to go try out this new body of water. Well, can you do this, 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 and this? I said, absolutely. I have a honey-do list. She doesn't call it a honey-do-list, but it's the things we need to do. And I try <laughs> to get to most of it. I, I, I really do try. Um, and But long answer to your short question is you have to fish to know where you're going. Even uh, this this spring, I went with my dad for his 70th birthday to Wilmington, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. We went red fishing. Right. And I asked the guide, I said, How did you pick this spot for today? He said, right after I drop you guys off and I have my next trip, I'm going to fish this other spot because this other guy wants to catch these fish and I think they're there. And so I have to make sure I can go find them. And so that's what a guide does. You know, as as a ski instructor, how are you going to take somebody out who wants to ski a certain terrain with certain conditions unless you know the day before maybe, you know, you got to see that spot? So, I I try to instead of guess things are going to be there. I I have to go there a couple days prior, or the day before is ideal.
1: Right. Yeah. Now, how do you? I guess this would be the best question for yourself. Is how do you keep your body and your mind going during this? I mean, because fishing can be. I mean, fishing can be a grind. I mean, you can have rough body beating days out on the water. I've um, oh, yeah. been there and had it and it, it's taxing and to be out there doing it every single day, six, seven days a week, man, that's, it's gotta be hard on you.
2: And it gets expensive. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you, you're learning <laughs> things the hard way. Uh, in June, we had some of the best fishing that I could have hoped for. We also had 20 days of 15 mile per hour winds. And I started this year uh, and it bled into July. Uh, I started this year on a Jackson big rig Mm -hmm. and it was, it was great. Love that boat, very stable, but man, with those one and a half and two foot swells in that lake, that, that boat was swamped a lot, especially Mm -hmm. you can, I'm uh, showing off my trolling motor, with this trolling motor on the front of the boat, it's it's even worse. And then when the Gnar came out, this thing cut through the water. Yeah. It was great. I lost my, how much is that? $350 Werner um, hook paddle. Mm-hmm. Um, lost one of those in the wind. And I, I, I have no idea. I, w- I went around that day and looked for it. It, it. I have no idea where it went. I know it floats. Um, but the fish were so worth it. Um, I do a lot of hiking, uh, try to stay active, but the, the grind of the getting out there, being in the sun, being in the wind, just got to push through it. Staying hydrated is big and you, you have to, I'll have guests call me all the time and they'll say, Hey, can we bring beer fishing? Uh, you know, can we drink in the water? And I'll say, you know, you can bring one. Or, you know, you have to earn it and you have to catch a good fish before you start popping beers, because this this is this is not fishing on a boat. You know, this this is you are responsible for yourself. You're on a kayak. Um, You know, you, you earn that drink. And so on a good day, on the way back, if I bring a beer with me. I have it on the way back. I rarely will have a beer when I'm out fishing. I'm not going to say, well, I'm not catching anything. You know, I should have a beer. Uh, you have to eat on the water. Right. There's a mm-hmm. very good friend of mine named Steve. Uh, he's probably mid-60s, and he brings his lunch. He's one of those brown bag lunch guys, you know, that you see eating in the park uh, on random days, Right when we're not catching fish, I say, Steve, it is noon. It's time for you to eat. Whenever he starts eating lunch, I start catching fish. But as soon as he eats lunch, he gets this second wind on using a different bait or something. And it's, it's probably, it's not superstitious. It's more mental. It's like, all right, we've refueled our bodies. I'm Mm going to, I'm more confident now. I'm going to finish pedaling over here. I'm going to turn off the motor and I'm going to finish pedaling to that side of the lake. And, uh, it is pretty taxing. Uh, one of the whole reasons that you see this giant trailer behind me, uh, two days into my forties last year, tweaked my back five days in bed.
1: Don't you love the forties?
2: Oh God. I'm over it. And my, and my, <laughs> wife, my wife says, are you going to cancel that trip you have, you know, in 10 days and said, Nope, I, I, I'm going to push through it. And I, man, I, I pushed through that, but five days in bed, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm never lifting a kayak into or onto a truck again that yep. weighs over 98 pounds. I would agree. <laughs> Less lesson learned, but the, the, the pedaling and the paddling, and, and you guys had a big talk on, on doc talk about this, Chad, you know, can you paddle these big boats and y- you can, yep. but you should, you, you, you should train yourself. You should go out on a day. And go, go earn your fish, go paddle for that one mile, two miles, you know, step up every time you can, because at one point in big water, if you decide to take a swim or your boat decides it for you, you're going to wish that you had a little bit more lung capacity. Mm -hmm. You just just have to stay a little bit more on top of it as I sit here and drink my whiskey.
1: Well, (laughs) you know, it's we've and we've said it, I think, on almost every show that we've had to do with the
0: Um It's not if it's when. Uh, well, and it's a, it becomes a safety issue at, you know, at a point. Yeah, it really does.
2: It, um, it's like buying that hundred dollar lure. You know, if you, it, it's, it's like placing a bet. If you have the money to spend great, please do it. But just know that every time you throw that, you might be losing a hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, and the, that's the way you got to go for it every time you go out this i i still wear my my whitewater uh rescue pfd my my astral green vest um always goes on my body i have a tether uh, i al- always will give one of my clients the other rescue pfd i carry a rope you know it's and it's it's not moving water but you you just never know
1: no you you really don't um Have you had a situation where a client's gotten out and just the elements have outmatched them on the water where you've had to kind of step in and say, Hey, let me, uh, let me get you back.
2: I've never had that in a kayak. I've definitely had that on the ice. Um, You know, one of the common misconceptions is, Oh, I'm coming skiing so I can just wear my ski stuff out on the ice. Mm -hmm. And the thing about skiing versus ice fishing is we are not constantly moving unless we are running over the ice to get to our next flag at our tip up. Uh, so I've had a few people and we, we call them, um, you know, at the little ski mountain that I, uh, teach at part-time out here, we call them the stumbles, the umbles and the mumbles. Mm -hmm. And so when you start hearing someone who's not having a beer, uh, Mm -hmm. stumbling in their speech or mumbling, um, you know, or doing, you know, just missing things, mundane tasks They're they're starting to get cold and I've had to You're walk, slow people down back. um, luckily with the pedal drives on the kayaks, if you can pedal a bike, even if you can't ride two wheels, you can pedal a kayak. Yeah. Um, I have had, I, I've been, I, I ask a lot of questions before I take people out, you know, and I, I say, uh, you know, I want to make sure I have the right equipment. How tall are you? How much do you weigh? And then the question after that comes: Do you need to know how to swim to do this? Oh, you know yeah. what? We're going to go on the on on the wooden lake boat today with the motor, um, which I've had to do once, mm-hmm. and she had a great time. Uh, and it was it was just us, and uh, unfortunately, that opened my eyes to how many fish you can catch when you have a motor on your boat um, oh, yeah. that goes more than five <laughs> miles per hour. Yeah. But, uh, we're we're not getting there yet. Just um, I'm I'm happy with my kayaks right now. I, you know, I I don't need I don't need a motorboat yet.
1: Well, and I think the kayak fishing offers something different, probably yeah. than than just a regular boat tour would add to somebody.
0: That's yeah, quiet for one.
1: Yeah, and you're like you said at the start, man. You're down there. You're in the elements, you're with the fish. I mean, Zach, I mean, you can tell them it it's that's why, why we got gotten, into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've both been in a big boat, and it's just kind of like we always liked the creek, you know, when we yeah, we were always
0: I, putting a bigger boat in skinnier water than it should be in anyway. <laughs>
2: got
1: us in trouble once big time. Mm-hmm.
2: I, I was jealous of those guys in the in the uh the canoe with all the camo on it, and they were coming back from duck hunting, and uh, it just dawned on me. I, I started googling, you know, kayaking and hunting. Well, oh, okay, that's a thing too.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. The you pick, uh, well, the Kilroy. When the Kilroy first came out, we had the um, at Jackson, we had the the actual blind that went over the uh, wasn't really a blind, it was just a cover that set on the Kilroy and uh, turned it completely real tree.
2: That's and, cool.
1: You know, it was a big thing. You know, you can outfit one of those really well for a duck blind and mm-hmm. um Brumet, our buddy, good buddy here in town. He's actually thinking about the the U-pick or the take 2 just cuz of the open layout and you could duck blind it if you wanted to. Not to put more ideas in your head.
0: Well, so, I've got so, a, a buddy over a in Maryland that does some of that.
2: I do have a funny story about uh, hunting and, and boats. Uh, so I mentioned I'm going through this process with the New Hampshire guide licensing. So you have the option, they'll give you your map and compass portion, and they give you a rescue scenario. So I, I, I studied very hard. I, uh, you know, I, my wife is a combat veteran. She knows how to work a map still better than I ever will. But I learned how to shoot an azimuth I know how to get places when I'm lost but they gave me a scenario of me taking two elderly gentlemen fishing on a body of water that I have been to for two days in my life and it's April and one of them is uh diabetic and also epileptic so he has a seizure and uh and if you're just joining, this is a practice scenario. This is not a trip with Mike uh, <laughs> he falls uh, in the boat and uh, oh, by the way, the fog's rolled in. So it's a 10th of a mile visibility. Um, they didn't say this, but I'm pretty sure I killed him. Uh, I, I don't know where the hospitals are. I knew where to go. I knew how to get there. I knew where the, the lights were that I could see, but they didn't like the answers to my questions. And they they do this, you know, I, in the wine industry, I went through the sommelier process that was easier than this process. It it Mm -hmm. is absolutely crazy. But during all this training, there were some people who were also going through the hunting training and you have to pass a different written exam and also go through a different scenario. And one of their scenarios they trained on was Bob Joe and Jim Bob took a hunting trip with you. They're in a canoe. It's October. They're in this pond and you're on shore. Well, you hear a shot ring out. Well, Jim Bob has shooting Bob Joe or whatever name I made up in the leg. Now, the bullet went through his leg into the canoe and it's taking on water. (laughs) What do you do? And so you have to know what to do. You know, plug the hole with something that you have. Um, you know, and you have to yell from shore and, you know, it, and they say, oh, I'm going to go out there. Like, no, 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 no. You can't go out there. You can't be a third victim in this. You have to stay on shore, yell commands. But I'm, I'm thinking of this and, you know, I, I've seen the movie um, Darwin Awards. Mm-hmm. I've, 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 I've read, you know, the Darwin Awards each year, seen how some of these people come to their, demise, the dumbest ways, but yeah. I never knew I would actually be tested on it. And so it's, it's, it's been interesting going through this process. I couldn't imagine mixing in, uh, rifles in a kayak or a shotgun yet. I'm, I'm sure it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, bow hunting, I think is my next thing, Zach, uh, all my friends who are not on the water right now, taking mm-hmm. my fish. They are all bow hunting. Well, muzzle season opened uh, just this week or last week, yeah. so it's you're on the lake, you're the only one there, and you just hear shots ring out. <laughs> and then you get messages later, like, "Hey, man, got some backstrap." Hey, got, yeah. some got some sausage.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping yeah. That's, that that's an early. That's an early muzzleloader season, sure.
2: That's uh, that's that's Vermont for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know when it kicks off here. Indiana will be a little late November on that.
1: Yeah, it's what the week before Thanksgiving.
0: Uh, well, no gun season comes in around the fourteenth, and then it'll be in two weeks, and then goes out for a week or two, and the muzzleloader comes in.
1: Yeah, first week of uh, December usually is muzzleloader season. Yeah, so, that's right around there. You can bow hunt all the way through basically from the October first
0: to. January, January seventh or eighth, something like that. Something like
2: that. I don't think I've shot a bow since nineteen ninety five, at least. Time to there pick a, it back up. There was one of one of those indoor ranges in uh, outside of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my vivid memories. There was this hot shot guy at that place, and he took his giant bow, and there was one target that was a it was a steel hog and mm-hmm. his heart was hollowed out mm-hmm. and uh, he he drew back and man he hit that thing with a 20 dollar tip on on that arrow and you hear this ding and he's like well that's 20 bucks mm-hmm. but uh, he got it I mean, he, I mean the arrow went through the heart but the you know the tip just run yeah. out on the edge oh yeah and, he skipped uh, it, I mean, it. skipped was,
0: it off the edge yeah it was cool <laughs> yeah those yeah, uh the, the steel targets will get you yes, <laughs> Men- they ment- will. mentally more than anything
1: yeah and then it, after you miss the first one on a steel target it becomes a game of principle <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> how much money do i want to spend today it, no it's, uh, we see that at the tack events a lot there's the, you know the end of every day there's a five gallon bucket just shoved full of arrows where guys to <laughs> bounce them off trees and steel targets and i'm like Jeez, people! <laughs> like, I mean, there's Weep. guys that show up with a couple dozen arrows, and they may not leave with any.
1: <laughs> and and we've all donated to that bucket, guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. so, you'll have
0: that. That you'll have those days. Oh yeah,
1: Nancy's Nancy's broken arrow. She I missed that had, place. Yeah, that always <laughs> had to steal
0: targets. That was always a good. And show. the the uh, the laying laying down gator over at the boar's nest. That was always a good one. Yeah big the pond right shot. just over his back. Yeah. That, that we was always wonder first. how many arrows were in that pond.
1: <laughs> that was the first shot, Mike, out of the gate. You had to shoot literally across this pond. It, it didn't wow. start easy. So I mean they <laughs> just took the wind out of your sail right
0: out of the gate. For just kicked of- you in the teeth as soon as you got out of the truck. <laughs> yeah. yeah they no they they closed the boars nest unfortunately. Did they I remember
1: yeah. they had that little uh, bear target that they would put out there on the floaty and you had to mm-hmm. shoot it. And then you had to winch the floaty Yeah. had to use the rope pulling back in. Yeah.
0: But yeah, yeah I forgot about that death. one. Yeah, the,
2: the most dangerous thing I, I think <clears throat> in terms of fishing this year was uh, I, I partnered with a local golf course and they mm-hmm. have a, a whole community out in Vermont And uh, I I just I called them last year and I said, hey, I heard there was some good fish in your lake. You know, how how can I take people fishing there? And they said, well, add us to your uh, your insurance and take a group of our members kids in February fishing, take them ice fishing. I was like, all right, done deal. Well, some of the best bass fishing on this lake is on the far side. Mm-hmm. where you have like hole eight and nine, I think. And these are not the best golfers in the world. And uh, I, I will warn guests. I'll say, hey, listen, when the golfs, when uh, you know people start playing, you'll see them down there. You'll hear the carts come along. But we're not going to fish by this flag, by these sand traps. Why? Hang back <laughs> here and watch for a minute. and uh you you inadvertently like and you're not catching fish for an hour and you hear a splash like whoa what was that like it's it's a golf ball but don't get excited because if you say anything they're going to get offended about oh i thought that was a fish um and we're not going there because uh captain slice a lot is going to hit you in the head and they're not going to yell for because nobody should be there in their lake and uh it, it got a little dangerous there was um I never got a boat hit this year, but definitely had a splash about 10 feet beside me. And uh, that was, and they weren't doing, you know, they weren't malicious about it. It's just that, uh, you know, they maybe had an off day or they should have hit a dog leg when they, you know, instead of slicing it down my way.
1: Right. Well, our favorite strip through the creek here is, unfortunately, (laughs) near the end of the game. So,
0: <laughs>
1: so a good long Saturday um, of drinking and, and playing nine, 18 holes um, can get a little dicey, and there is uh, you can pick up a lot of golf balls. If uh, you know anybody ever needs a set of golf balls, we can tell them where to get them. Yeah, <laughs> Take some a of the a walk down balls down the creek. Yeah, but uh, yeah, there's there's been some days. Well, we played. Well, we didn't play. We was fishing. <laughs> Memorial Day weekend during the biggest yeah. one of the biggest tournaments of the year. We fished right down the middle of the creek. It was <laughs> it was interesting. Take, taking our life in our own hands for sure. We really was. And we had tree canopy over us, but you could still hear balls hitting the water and bouncing off trees. You just hold shudder. She,
2: hold on, she wants to say hi real quick.
1: That's fine.
2: She's wearing yeah, her guns like and roses t-shirt. Hey, that's Celebrity. awesome. Hello, hello. I talked about you, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, Go
0: ahead. But uh Okay, I'll be up in a
1: minute. So what's it's uh, in store for 2023 for you, man?
2: Um <laughs> Since joining the uh Jackson kayak fishing team, which uh has been really cool. Uh that that was funny. So while I was in North Carolina, picking up my trailer, picking up my, my new Jackson kayaks, uh, deciding I'm going to go Jackson, you know, I'm going to stick with one brand. I filled out their become a Jackson team member application and put a lot of thought into this. Well, the guy that reached out to me uh, about becoming a team member, uh, I asked him, have you ever seen my application? He said, never seen the application. I, <laughs> I like your pictures. I like what you do. And. It's like, all right, cool enough. Um, there's a lot to do with the team. Uh, I, I want to fish with more of these guys. I want to be able to uh, end gals. I want to drive around the country and get on, you know, the coastal waters, Louisiana and Texas and things of that nature. But it's more of just becoming more established. Uh, you know, after my wife graduated, we decided we were going to stay here. Uh, she, her office is in Boston. She goes there sometimes, but we decided to stay ingrained in in the community up in Hanover, New Hampshire. So March 6th is my exam at the um, New Hampshire Fish and Wildlife Office, where I'm hopefully going to pass that. And I will be a licensed New Hampshire fishing guide. So they'll put me on their website. I get to take people fishing on the Connecticut River for pike And for walleye, I just, I I cannot wait for that. Um, And also the fleet of kayaks is going to be all pedal drive, pedal drive optional. You know, if people want to paddle, they can still paddle. But um, I feel like the pedal drive gives people the ability to fish a little bit more than paddle.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And so that's. Especially on those windy days. Yeah. Oh, and those windy days but 23 is going to be more of fishing with the clients that I've met these past two years with, um, more updated equipment. You know, it's the reason I have two Jackson NARS is because, uh, I, I want people to be able to step into the greatest and latest thing that Jackson has to offer. And the retailer is right down the road, an hour away. And, uh, it's, it's, quickly becoming one of the biggest new brands in New England uh, Mm. that's taking over. You know, people are used to having to pay $6,000 for a fishing kayak up here because it's mostly on outshore, inshore saltwater fishing. And uh, this little secret pocket of the Northeast Kingdom of Vermont and New Hampshire, it exists. People are doing a really good job keeping it a secret. But it's not to spread the word of how great the fishing is up here. Uh, My, my approach is very instructional. I like people wanting to leave me wanting to get their own boats. If they want to come back a year later and learn some more, great, we'll do it. Uh, I took a guy fishing today at no cost. He uh, was a classmate of my wife's at business school. He's also um, a West Point grad. He's taken me, uh, I've taken him and his wife fishing twice on trips. And, um, she always catches the bigger fish either through the ice or from the kayak. And today I said, Hey, listen, I'm going to this new spot. I want to catch trout. I've been trout fishing for a week. Come with me. Let's see what we find. He said, well, I I want to, my mother-in-law's here. I want to bring some fish home to eat. And we caught one brown trout. It was, it was 15 inches, nothing crazy, but you know, it's going to be delicious. Uh, a yellow perch and a good bass and it's cold water. I'll I'll eat largemouth bass out of cold water. And so he took a bunch of fish home to fillet for his mother-in-law. And I I cannot wait to see what kind of dish he cooked up. Um, But it's more of reconnecting with the people who I've already been out with and just becoming more of a staple in the community. Uh, The hotels around here, they know who I am now. And when someone comes into to town and they Google fishing, I'm one of the first people that gets pulled up. And cool. if you call me and you want to take four mm-hmm. people out fishing and catch a ton of fish, we could probably do it at one point when I get more boats. But you're going to hop in a kayak. You know, you're, you're going to be out with me doing what I'm doing. Uh, it's a different experience. You're going to mm-hmm. be learning how to do this on your own. And that's what I I keep wanting to instill and just keep wanting this to go further and further. It's been a lot of fun. I do want a separate garage for my stuff and my (laughs) wife can have her garage back 365 days a year. Uh, That is definitely a big goal. And she doesn't know this yet. So if she's watching, whoops, (laughs) I want to get my daughter her own fishing kayak. That's, that is, that's the biggest goal of 23 and really just, make Jackson kayaks proud for bringing me on and, uh, you know, hopefully going from the regional team side to national team side at some point.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Michael. And I need
2: an Orion cooler.
1: <laughs> I, know, one yet. I know, I know a big,
2: guy, big, big goals.
1: <clears throat> yeah. We've got big ones. we got wheels. we got the whole nine <laughs> yards flip flop cart. Um, so as we're coming into the hour here we try to keep this thing about an hour Mike. I'm going to let you tell everybody how to find you, where did you get a hold of your guide service, thank any sponsorship people that you need to thank and uh, yeah, all that fun stuff.
2: So let's see I have 3 minutes. I'll try to do this. Oh, you can you can shoot it. <laughs> <You and go laughs> it doesn't it's um, not
0: a, a, a it's, <laughs> not, <laughs> it's not a it's not a can second. go over the hour.
2: Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, really want to thank Jackson Kayaks. Especially, uh, I would not be in this sport like I am right now without Jackson Kayaks. And uh, one of my sponsors is coming back in right now. Hey, I'm almost done. I promise. Um, I'm right <laughs> there. I see. No, Daddy. Um,
0: I found the spider web. By okay, I'll friend. be right. I'll be right there and to get there the spider. I'm no scared. I'm scared of
2: spiders. I'll be right back. <laughs> give me give two seconds. All right, then you can hang out right here. <laughs> um Outdoor New England in Franklin, New Hampshire, by the way, is my uh, retail sponsor. Uh, officially now, there are uh, three team members, two are Whitewater, and then there's me. Mm-hmm. So uh, Marty at Outdoor New England is incredible. He kind of welcomed me as a member of the family. And that's where I'm going to be sending all my clients that come fishing, wanting their own boats. And I found out they carry Orion coolers. Yep. So if you want Orion cooler... And I I can't wait to outfit my Orion cooler as my minnow bucket uh, and take it out on the ice this year as soon as I order it. Um, Thank you, Boo. Uh, Renogy Solar, who I use for, you can see the solar panel in that side of the garage. uh, Decided to put that on top of the truck to charge the batteries that charge the trolling motor, Mm -hmm. that run the trolling motor. And uh, on good sunny days, it works. And others, I'm just plugging into the wall. Uh, who else should we thank? Uh, my wife, Sarah. She is my one of my biggest sponsors because uh, she puts up with this passion of mine. And uh, <laughs> everything changed when she saw me catch my fish. She saw me for the first time catch a fish through the ice. She said, OK, I get it. Uh, <laughs> and one of my biggest bass was caught while she was writing her graduation speech uh, for for her graduation last year. Um, and then, of course, my parents for getting in, into the outdoors is my my biggest sponsors. And uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I'm, I'm not letting go. you. Go. I'll be right back. OK, <laughs> I'll be right there. Go One more. One more. I promise. Uh, am I forgetting anybody that I mentioned last time, Chad? No, nah, not that I know of. <laughs>
1: Outdoor New England, Jackson Kayak, Orion Coolers,
2: the wife. And uh, oh, and you can find me so Instagram at TBC Guides and my website. Uh, I'm almost there, almost there. My website is TBC fish. Yes, dot fish is a thing. Dot com cost 2200 bucks, dot fish cost 37 cents. So we went dot fish. <laughs> nice, That down, Zach. It's more, <laughs> yes.
0: Than more. Um, mine's mine's dot co because I couldn't get dot com. So
2: and if you still use Facebook, which I'm told is a very boomer thing to do, I don't qualify as a boomer, but uh, I am TBC Guides or TBC Guide Services. Uh, I'm still listed on there as the, the Black Cave. So if you Google the Black Cave, you can find a myriad of things. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. And cool. thanks for watching. Thanks for listening yeah. to me talk. Thanks for stopping I- by. If I sent you you this link today and you've heard all these stories, you know, it's just, there's a lot of people who haven't and come fishing. I want to hear your stories. There's a lot of downtime while you're pedaling across the lake.
1: Okay. And before we let you go for the official record, (laughs) for the official record, it was three to one on the tree before Thanksgiving. One, one (laughs) voted no.
0: It's, it's bad luck. So we had three. I don't. I don't even have to decorate it. I just wouldn't mind having a tree in the house. You know, it is that time of year. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just putting it out there. It was three to one.
2: It's one of so. the best things to do when you're not going to the malls on Black Friday. You're going to pick out your tree, and uh, you know it's it when when you're in Western North Carolina, uh, especially in Boone where a lot of the tree farms are, you are seeing yeah. all of those license plates and all of those people come out from Cary and from Charlotte and Gastonia. They're coming to cut down their own tree. Yeah. I have never cut down my own tree, but I've done enough yard work to know you don't bring kids to cut down a <laughs> tree, let alone the day after you're eating your biggest meal of the year. But, uh, you may put up your tree on Black Friday because I have done it and I'm Jewish, and I put up my Christmas tree on Black Friday. There you go. We call it the Hanukkah bush.
0: Hanukkah bush. I like it. <laughs> I've never I like heard it. that one,
1: but I dig it. <laughs> All right, Mike, we will let you go, and we're going to close this thing out, man.
2: Thank you guys for having me. Hey, thanks yeah. for
1: being Thank here. Thank you, sir.
2: <laughs>
0: Another
1: good episode of yeah. the Ryan Podcast in the books. Yeah. We'll see you start oh. guiding. We'll teach you to be a fishing guide uh yeah i'll do that in my spare time in your spare time
0: you and both the girls yeah we had to get you one of them zoe'd probably sink the boat (laughs) that's uh that's the level she's on right now so yeah you know there'll be that there's gonna be that but uh (laughs) yeah so we will be
1: back in action um looks like looking at the calendar because it's a new calendar the 15th of the fine month of november episode 21 come back and see us don't yeah. forget stop by jacksonkayak.com, pick up your brand new orion cooler today cheaper hopefully than you hopefully
0: we uh hopefully we have some stories about putting some deer meat in an orion when we come back
1: i hope so i hope so i can't wait for that call saturday night it's like <laughs> hey you need to wrap this tournament thing up I got a deer down. We got stuff. <laughs> Bring to your camera. Bring yeah. your camera. Yeah. Get out. here. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for watching. We appreciate you. And we'll see you back here for, on the 15th for episode number 21. Good night.
0: Later. Yeah.